Welcome to another episode of Before I Die. Today I'm going to be talking about my sister April. I, the reason being in my mom's podcast, uh, I mentioned my first childhood memories and I thought it would just be easier to go off of that than... I used to do this thing actually. I used to do Friendship Friday on Facebook as it was slowly dying. So back in like 2014. Um, it's like basically dead now. But um, And I would write a lot and this is basically like the same thing but spoken word but the difference being is I feel like this is going to be more easily findable and more meaningful potentially because I can go on longer about it and more than anything like I now have or now can have like an entire library of relationships and the stories that go along with those relationships that I can pass on to like my kids if and when I have them which I'd never considered before like the I was originally intending this to be just you know somebody Kobe Bryant died and I just wanted to make sure that I'm not leaving anyone in the dark about how I feel about them specifically so now having all of like these secondary little goals that can be Attached to them as well is kind of nice. It's it's whatever. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, so as I didn't write down, even though I learned from my last one that I probably should write down like memories that I should bring up. But I feel like this will be pretty like, just because Katie got screwed in hers. Like, all right, here's that's what's hard about these two is like I run into the same problem with like a lot of other of my little endeavors that I do. It's just like, all right, who's going to be the first sibling? Who's going to be the first friend? Who's going to be the first person that you do it with? Um, and uh, that it's, it sounds stupid, but that is literally legitimately something that weighs on my mind. Like that is how neurotic, if that's the right word, I am, where I just focus so much on the perception of how things will come across that I think, man, is, and no one is, that's what's funny is like, I know that nobody's going to care, but for some reason, I think that they're going to care. Anyways, um, April and I had a really cool conversation when I went home for Christmas that I enjoyed immensely. Got to talk about a lot of different subjects and whatnot. And the thing that I've, I've been saying about April over the past couple of years is, we've grown to know each other more and more. Obviously I'm like, she's 18 when I'm born. So she doesn't care. <laughs> like, I know that she took care of me and everything like that. I don't mean like she doesn't, she doesn't like, she didn't care about me when I was, but she like, she had a life, like she was getting older. I, I know that she, she spent a lot of time on me, but anyways, she has one of like the best stories of anyone in our family. Like apart from my dad serving in Vietnam, which was a very short, interesting story. My dad's had an interesting life too, but like, you know, Vietnam, I think he was there for like 18 months, maybe two years, um, which had, had a lot of stories. You heard about it on the Vietnam podcast that I did. But April's life is like so, so interesting. Um, more than anything, like the perseverance that one has to has to show and to do it smiling at the same time uh, is really, really impressive. I know that I often say like, well, people shouldn't have to do that, um, but sometimes people have to. And I hope that we can get into a world where people don't have, like I would, 
where people don't have to like just feel like they're alone all the time. Not to say that April felt like she was alone all the time, but I'm sure there there had to have been. And correct me if I'm wrong, April. There had to have been lots of moments of loneliness <laughs> like throughout your life. Uh, I've also had moments of loneliness. Um, everyone has moments of loneliness, but the fact that you were able to, at least from what I, as a spectator at my age, could see, you handled it with such great. Ferocity is not the right word. I wouldn't say that you're ferocious. Integrity, such great integrity might be the right word. I don't know. Like, I just, it's a lot of things that like people sometimes like complain about you for, but like, it's all the stuff that I, one of the most forgiving people just like, all right, whatever. Like, I'll just start off with like the worst thing that I ever did to you Uh, (laughs) was when I crashed your car. Let me, let me be easy on myself a little bit there though. Like as far as like the car was still drivable. In fact, it's still driven to this day. Uh, I was 15 and I drove, I got like, we have this roundabout at our house, so it makes it really easy to drive in a circle so you don't have to worry about backing up. But unfortunately, in that giant roundabout that we have, there were cars that were parked. And for some reason, I thought cars can only go on gravel. They can't go on grass and whatnot. Because I easily could have just made the turn, drive through the circle a little bit, get on grass, and then go back up to to park the car. But I decided instead to go in reverse and I did that and hit your left bumper and then also destroyed the glass on the like the taillights and you were you were upset <laughs> like I could tell I could definitely tell that you were that you were upset reasonably so but I ended up buying a Craig and Auto Parts thing to replace it um, from Sean, our brother, to put it onto the car. I don't think you ever. I don't think we actually ever even ended up putting it on. But um, yeah, it was really cool of you not to get really upset about that. Um, I don't feel like I learned a lot about responsibility from that interaction. <laughs> um, but I did learn compassion and forgiveness <laughs> from that moment. Um, Man, man, I did a lot of I did a lot of stupid things, man. Anyways, not here to reflect on that. But then thinking of something more uh, happy, so I, I apologize to you at Christmas for crashing your car, and and we've discussed it multiple, well, not multiple times, but we've discussed it a few times, and I think I think I will eventually get square. I'm sure it'll just take time, but we'll we'll get even. Uh, at some point, but one of my, just want to go into one of my top favorite memories of you was, uh, so Matt has my first R-rated movie, my brother Matt, and then you have my first PG-13 movie. I had to have been four or five. It was Jurassic Park, and I don't remember it being terrifying. I feel like I tell myself that it was terrifying to to make the story more dramatic, but I think it was fine. I don't think I had any nightmares or anything like that. Correct me if I'm wrong again, but that for some reason, that's like one of the some, rebelling for some reason, the people who help you rebel, or maybe it's just like high emotional situations. Maybe that's what it is. Those are like the moments that impact you the most and just imprint on your brain for forever. 
And so like, oh, I'm kind of breaking the rule. I'm five years old. And I'm sure everyone's listening to this. I can't believe that April let a five-year-old, that's probably why he's so fucked up now, let a five-year-old watch Jurassic Park. And I might have been older. I could have been like, for sure I was under the age of eight. Um, because everyone knows I was perfect after the age of eight. Um, <laughs> Martin just thinking of all the people who are like, no, nope. Nope. Then I go, why are you even listening to this? <laughs> no, you weren't. You were not perfect, and you still aren't perfect. Anyways. But we remember all of those moments. And I, I like those are the the two biggest th- things that I remember from our relationship. I'm sure there's like tons and tons of other stuff, but me crashing your car, uh, Jurassic Park, all the fun times in Oregon, let's be real. And then like all of the fun times that we have now that we are at different stages in our life. Now that I no longer have to be like the kid brother, I can just kind of be like the brother. Um, that's something that I've, I've struggled with like immensely being the youngest child. And I know people like listen to it and think that I'm almost being like a messianic complex when I talk about it. Like it was a very real thing that I've struggled with this last decade, honestly, of not having to, play the role anymore because like the role of little brother is to I'm still whiny don't get me wrong I'm still whiny and spoiled not those things haven't changed but what has changed uh, and you've helped me with this is recognizing like oh I can just do stuff for April like I can I can take her out whatever whatever it doesn't have to be her doing this for me anymore like I don't know why that has taken me so took me so long to figure out like this. It's not just with you. It's with, it's like with everyone in reality. And I, I'm happy that that change has happened because we've been able to have far more experiences with one another. Hawaii was super fun going off with uh, you and Katie going to the happy hour, um, just getting that really, really terrible crappy food that we got. Then going to that bomb ass view place as the sun was setting i don't i just remember the view i think i think that food was okay there but then and so now people are thinking like all right so alex has his two memories his 15 year old 15 year old alex six year old alex and then now 30 year old alex when when we went to hawaii with each other like what happened what happened in between there um man you opened your home up to me and to people that I would go on dates with because we knew that we could make out at your house. Like we could not make out at mom and dad's house because they would just come down and check on us all the time for whatever reason. All the time. Oh, sit up, sit up everybody. Like that's actually like a funny thing though too. It's like, I, it was embarrassing and annoying at the time, but like looking back on it, the fact that whenever I'd be like laying down on the couch with a girlfriend at mom's house, and mom would come down and just be like, oh, sit, sit up. And like, we'd sit up. Like, she would never be like, all right, I think it's time for you to leave or like make it super, super embarrassing. Like, if the worst case scenario is you just get told you have to sit up on the couch, that's actually pretty good. And everyone's probably like learning so much about me. It's like, man, Alex, it seems like Alex had no discipline in his life. Maybe that's the way that he is now. But sorry, don't, no, no need to talk about, talk about mom. I already got, I already hit up mom. But, sorry, you always open up your house to us. The hot tub was awesome. <laughs> the hot tub was great. All the food in the world that uh, a teenage slash prepubescent boy could want, like from, because like, I think you moved back when I was like eight or nine. And then, like, you really moved close, I think, after like a year or two, so like 10 or 11. And you would 
have just the most What's funny too is like it wasn't even I bet you it wasn't even that good of food. I just so vividly remember you had like these chicken strips that I think you ordered online or like got delivered to you or something like that, like Tony Roma's chicken. I don't know if that's a thing. But I like I don't know if they were good, but to this day I still think they're the best chicken strips I've ever had. It was Tony Roma's barbecue sauce that I would dip them in. Uh and your your house is always like the fun house. That's where that's where, not to say that there were no rules, like there were expectations, like you can't be la- too loud, you can't be rowdy, like respect the house and things like that. But I, and I know it's so funny, like just saying it out loud, because I know that there are people that are probably listening that may like judge you for like the, the no rules policy. But man, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit because like essentially like what what really doesn't matter like rules or no rules people are going to be people like I honestly don't believe that the way that you're raised in any has a huge effect on like who you are afterwards because all nine of us got raised by the same people and we're all though we have many many similarities between us there are like significant differences that you that you can see in how we view the world and how we view how we want to live our lives. But you've always been someone who's been extremely non-judgmental, and that might be because you think you're not like, oh, the position that I am, I'm not one to judge. But I disagree with that. Like, I feel like you are someone who would be a really, really good judge of of situations to make them, to improve them. Because you've gone through so, you, you've accepted so many people throughout your life. And you've accepted the, man, maybe that, sorry, I'm like having like little epiphanies right now. I could be totally wrong. But like, I almost think that maybe people resent you because like of how, like, why does, like, because everybody loves you so much. Like, I don't think there's a single person in our family who doesn't think the world of you. Like, so for example, for me, I know there are people in the family that don't, that are unhappy with things that I do say or whatnot. And I, I bet you the same could be said about every other family member except for you. And hopefully, feel free to text me, family, if you want to, and let me know who those people are that uh, that don't like April. And you'll be excommunicated from the family. <laughs> you'll be removed. Because you have done so much for every single person. Once again, I feel like I'm repeating myself. But once again, like with no expectation of anything in return. And that has been something that is very hard for me to to do. And so looking to your example and then like, um, yeah, really your example. Most of all, like the there's no no strings attached with anything that you that you've given to me or to anyone throughout my entire life. And you got me that Jerry Rice jersey too. Like that real Jerry Rice jersey, like I believe I want to say Christmas of 97, 96. Oh man, I was so stoked on that gift. I don't know if I expressed it at the time, but I was very very once again, what imprints on the mind must have some sort of huge emotional tie to it. I'm thinking of too, because uh, Matt got me that bike that one time, like another super emotional thing where I thought he was playing a joke on me. He gave me uh, like the, you know, like you do like, 
oh, you got me keys. What are these keys to? Oh, the keys are to a car. He got me the design plans for a bike. And I thought he was joking. He just got me the design plans. <laughs> so I started crying. I was like, oh, why did I get, why just design plans? It's so hard. And then I saw that on the bike. It was awesome. Those are like two very, very memorable gifts that, <laughs> that have been gotten, have been bought for me. Um, but getting back to like, the the charity and and things like that and then never asking for it even even when you need it i'm not saying that's necessarily like a good thing but you just have never been a beggar which is admirable i guess but in in reality too i don't i feel like because of the type of person that you are you would never have to be like that like we all love you so much and like we want to take care of you. And I think it's hard for people to understand. Like I don't want to get too into past conversations that I've had that I've since gotten over. But I think sometimes people get confused because we will move heaven and earth. When I say we, it could be a select few of us, but I would say most of us would move heaven and earth for you. And that's just because of the way that you've always been with us. There has never been a moment where you have demanded anything from any of us for the things that you've done. So what we do is we want to spoil you for all of those great things that you've done for us. And what's hard for people to understand is like, why does April get that treatment and this person doesn't or this person doesn't or this person doesn't? The answer is very, very simple. It's because you aren't a saint. <laughs> uh, you aren't a saint like April is. That's why we aren't willing to move heaven and earth. Like exclusion and inclusion are 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 all based in the status quo at the time. I feel like like it's we don't want to exclude you because like because we are proactively excluding you from something. It is because. I'm not talking about April right here. I'm, I'm just talking in general. Uh, the reason isn't an, uh, it's not an intentional thing to exclude you. It is a, it's an implicit reaction, just like, oh, I don't feel like I owe you anything. <laughs> that probably sounds really, really bad, but like the reason everyone, once again, moves heaven and earth for April is because we feel like we've been indebted to you in some way for all of the things that you've done done for us. And I think I'm probably getting super repetitive on this, but it's just nice to work through. Cause every now and then I really question choices that I make and judgments that I make. And I'm like, man, maybe I was in the wrong in this. So it feels good when you can finally kind of reverse engineer the why behind everything to be like, okay, now that I understand why I was making that decision, I feel more justified in the decision that I made, even though people dis disagreed with the decision that I made, which is very helpful for my for my mental health because for some reason I always want to be right and it's hard to be wrong, but let's see. I, I don't know if that's some, I'd like a trait that, that that's a boy Skinner trait. Maybe Becky has it too, or sister, but I've never felt like you have been that way. You have always been a arbiter of peace more than anything, like trying to find the balance. Like it's never like you're a hundred percent right or you're a hundred percent wrong. You're trying to, Man, what is that? Be like the judge or jury or whatever. I don't even know. I don't even know how to say it. But you're really good at it. And I think that's why people like you so much too, is because you have opinions and you express them, but you express them in 
efficient ways to make the best outcome happen and appreciate that as well. That's something that I've looked. Um, but yeah, I don't even know. I don't like, I lo- I don't think I've ever like really said this to you very well, except for when complaining about stuff. But like, I, I really do love you. Like I, when I say I would move heaven and earth for, earth for you, if I had to, I absolutely would like, we're talking kidney status. I would give you a kidney. So hope, please don't drink soda. Please don't drink soda. I'd like to not have to give you a kidney, but if I, if it was absolutely necessary for you to live, I would totally do it. <laughs> this is going to sound so bad. I don't know if I could say that about, <laughs> about a ton of people. <laughs> but like, oh, well. And then people listening to this are like, oh, I'm not going to give you my fucking kidney either. I'm <laughs> just like, oh. The, the risks associated with surgery and the potential for death for you, I'm not so sure. Man, that is how, that's the true, it's not, that's the true test of love. It's not the, uh, like, the, I forget, how, uh, you can tell the love a man has for another man or like the friendship. I don't know what the, the quote is, but it's like, he would lay his life down for you. Like, no, 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 the kidney, given the kidney, <laughs> because let me explain. Because I feel like someone who'd lay their life down for you, that, that situation so rarely happens. Like maybe in just shootings, people will like cover people up or whatnot. Like, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea where I'm going with this. <laughs> I don't know why I'm focusing so much on the kidney aspect. Don't know why. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> but I really do love you, and. You've been one of the most important, influential people in my life. And I hope that you know that because I think sometimes life can be hard on us and we don't fully understand the support and love that people have for us. Um, But I definitely have a very strong love for you. And then because of that, like, a strong love for your kids and people that are involved in your life. Because like, well, if you, if April likes you, that man, and you have been dealt such a, and people, you have been dealt such a hard hand. And I know that people would be like, well, you know, we're all, we all make decisions and then we have to deal, deal with the consequences of them, which is always said by people who have never had to deal with consequences in their life. The reason I know that is because I have said that in my life. I've like, there's no real negatives to like a lot of the choices that I've made in my life thus far. Um, so I, I wish people like, yes, that's congratulations. Yes, consequences. There are consequences to choices we make, whether good or bad. Of course, like <laughs> every action has a reaction. So, but I hate when people say that. And anyways, all that. Like I feel like you've been dealt a very difficult hand that you've handled with such, once again, integrity and grace that should be recognized. And once again, like I leaving out a lot of story, but I still think that you have like the best story in our family. All of the different things that you've gone through, good and bad, are just so awesome. Uh, The fact that somebody was able to over not not over I hate using the word overcome but like overcome and then also just 
thrive after each setback. Like that's that, yeah, that you've never been knocked out. And that's really cool. Like you have been, you're, I don't even know, I don't know fighting well enough to make an apt comparison, but you get not like really knocked down. There are people who think that they are suffering in this life. There are people like, I also don't want to magnify your suffering throughout your life. I don't think it was the biggest suffering in the history of mankind. I'm not saying that either, but like everybody, cause I do it. That's how I know. That's how I know that everybody does it. Like we think that we have these really, really hard lives and we complain about them, but really they're not that hard. April has had awesome experiences and she has had some tough ones. And even though she got knocked down in every single round leading up to the 12th, I think that's how many boxing has. I'll use MMA. I'll use MMA. Even though she got knocked down in all the rounds leading up to the fifth, she's still standing and she will knock a motherfucker out when that time comes. Um, because she's, it's what she does. She's a survivor and a compassionate survivor, which is kind of weird because when you think of a survivor, for some reason, I think of someone who just like is kind of off on their own trying to like evade human contact or whatever the danger may be, but you don't, man, you're such a good person. And I always wonder, like whenever I'm talking, I always just think of what naysayers say. That's just like how my brain works. And I don't think anyone could say, uh, you want to know what challenge challenge to anyone that's listening to this. Uh, I would love for you to reach out to me, do it anonymous, anonymously if you'd like. I'd love to hear people who don't like April and, and why. And then I'd like to have a conversation with you to show where you are flawed in your logic. She follows all of these rules that people have made for her so that they that these people can be happy. And when I say these people, once again, just generally speaking, these people. And those people don't even follow the same rules that they've established for April. Like talking exclusion, inclusion, April includes every single person and wants, and that's, this has been really hard for me be, trying to be more inclusive. I hate it so much, but I, I've seen the positives that can come from it. But people will make these rules up for April and April abides by them. And then these same rules that have been established, these people will not follow. So essentially they're hypocrites and that's one thing I could never call you, April. <laughs> uh, you, the rules that you've established, you, you, four people, you always play by, and then you also play by the rules that others have established for you, uh, because you respect the relationships that you have so much and the friendships that you make that you don't want to risk that risk risk that by by either breaking the rule. And when I say breaking the rule, just like you know, like the little nitpicky things that all each one of us has. And you do that so well too. It's kind of surprising. I'm starting to understand so much right now. I know how stupid that sounds to anyone listening, but as I am going through like quite not questions that I've had about April, but just like, like, why the hell? <laughs> why is she? Why? Why does she care about that? Or why does she care about that? It's because she's following the rules that other people have not imposed, but just established for her. She wants, 
people to be happy when they're around her. And I think that is always the case. I think there's been really hard conversations that you and I have had recently that were still in like a jovial, happy manner. Like the, the subject matter was a little bit tough, but everything is, is okay, man. I know this sounds so stupid to people. Like he's not really having an epiphany. He's just doing it. I am not. I am understanding you so much better just talking about you. It's so weird. All it, That's apparently all it takes. <laughs> all it takes is just think out loud, talk about somebody for 30 minutes, and you'll start to understand them better. Man, I'm such a bad person. Like, I need to do this more often because it's it's very enlightening, helps me to empathize. And then also, and also probably also since it's you, April, it makes it a lot easier. So she's like, well, it's April, of course. <laughs> we want I want to get to know April better. Uh, but I need to get out of the mindset of like, nope, they're not worth the time. I think there are people that are, that, because, sorry, I think there are people that aren't worth the time, but I could be wrong. And maybe I should give them the time to learn more about them or to reflect on them so that, we can have a better relationship because I feel like we have a good, it's weird. Skinner relationships are weird. So maybe we have a great Skinner relationship, but to a lot of people, they'd probably look at it and be like, well, you guys don't talk that often. Like we text, we text here and there. We'll give each other a, a ring, a ring a ding ding once a, at least once a year. And then we'll see each other a couple times a year, whether it be for a family event or a vacation. And it's, we also recognize that each one of us has lives, but, I also want you to know that I I do look for ways to improve our relationship if it even needs improving, to be honest. And I try to reflect that in the moments that we do have with one another. And I hope that that's something that, that, that you've enjoyed. Because I know, like, I don't know. I still feel, I know everyone thinks I'm still like the little kid. Sorry, I, I shouldn't say that. I still act like I'm the little kid in a lot of ways. But it'll get better. I have examples like you to look to to improve. So thank you for that. Man. I really wish I could have done more memories. Not that I don't have them, just I don't know which are and which aren't appropriate to like share. And so I'd just rather err on the side of caution of not sharing them since I'm talking about you specifically and I haven't anonymized you. Yeah. So I think that's, that's, yeah, I think that's everything that I have to say. I just really want to push the message that, uh, that I love you and you are never, you're never alone. You may feel like it. You may feel like you're isolated at times. And I know the hardest thing to do is pick up the phone, text or call. I know it's hard because it's hard for me to do too, but I honestly mean it. If, for everyone, for almost any, for almost anyone, like April, you, you obviously like, so for example, if, uh, if Grant, my friend <laughs> and April are both calling me at the same time, one's going to get preferential treatment, April. <laughs> but if anyone ever has problems or just needs to talk something out, I'm always more than happy. And so April, I extend that same thing to you. If you ever just want to shoot the shit with somebody who isn't too close to whatever situation you're in or someone who is close to the situation you're in, I'm always open ears. 
And uh, before I die, I just wanted to say thanks.